um, another week and uh, another podcast. So a couple things I want to um, just touch on this podcast. Uh, the first one is I want to do you know a brief recap of what we talked about on, on Sunday uh, in the Luke series, and then uh, we'll jump into what we talked about last night at uh, Red Hill. So with that, first of all, uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 1 through 20, is where we, where we were at on, uh, on Sunday. And uh, this is continuing on in the Luke series, The Case for Your Certainty. Uh, I think we're on week 9. Um, that was, well, this past week was 9, so it'll be 10 coming up. Uh, we're just going, you know, step by step, verse by verse through uh, the Scripture. And um, we went through Luke 3, 1 through 20, uh, and uh, we talked about John the Baptist and, and how he, when he came on scene and what his purpose was and, and everything. Um, so if you missed that, the, uh, uh, the podcast or the sermon podcast is up for that. So check that out. But uh, just a few key things that we, we talked about during that, that time together is... Um, that uh, repentance itself, because we understand that, that John the Baptist came and he, he preached, a, uh, 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 it says he proclaimed a, a baptism of uh, repentance. And we talked about what that is and what that looked like. Um, and then we talked about how um, repentance itself is not something that is just radical. Um, we, we understand that extreme things may t- need to take place in an individual's life uh, to get rid of sin. But uh, it's not radical at all. It's really repentance is doing the right thing. Um, and we, we talked about like, well, how do I know what the right thing is? What, what am I to do? How, how, do, I, how do I figure all, all this out? I mean, there, there's so many things that I, 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 I don't know what to do. Um, well, what we did is we went to Proverbs chapter 3, and uh, I just explained verses 5 uh, through 8, and uh, really particularly, you know, focusing on verse 6 where it says, um, in all your ways acknowledge Him. So in all your ways acknowledge God. And it says that He, God, will make straight your paths. So when we um, ask that question, well, I, I, I don't know what is right. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to acknowledge Him in everything we do. And I explained how it's from the way in which we raise our, our, our kids, or it should even start before that. You know, the way in which you uh, love your husband, love your wife, uh, the way in which you raise your kids, the way in which you interact with people, the way in which you uh, do your job, everything, everything we do um, should be uh, done by acknowledging acknowledging God. Um, and I know that this is even uh, to, to a, a new thing for me uh, or a new piece of information that I just learned uh, here recently and uh, while I'm thinking about this um, is that we have some some soldiers that actually listen to uh, this uh, this podcast, which is which is awesome. Uh, me, myself, I was uh, in the Marine Corps for four years um, and uh, loved that time. But uh, as I'm thinking about this and why, why I bring this up, uh, sometimes we're ordered to do things. Um, but even things, and we're ordered by higher-ups, maybe we don't know all of the, the ins and the outs of, of uh, why we have to you know, go sweep that, the, 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 the flight deck or whatever it may be. Um, or, 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 you know, it could be whatever, you know, insert your own thing there. But what we need to do is even in the things that we're ordered to do that we don't fully understand by maybe our higher ups um, and, and this, you know, particularly, like I said, uh, military, but even in our, our, our everyday jobs or families, whatever, um, understand that we can still 
execute and, and we can still acknowledge God in everything. And everything should, I mean, God is that, that filter. His word is that filter in which we should use um, as we go through every aspect of our life. So um, I, I say that, and I know that it's a lot more intense, and you can dive a little bit deeper in that if you go back to the, uh, the message. But understand this, that repentance itself is not radical. It is attainable. You can do this. Um, the, the next thing that, that we talked about, the next certainty uh, that we talked about was there's only one Messiah. Uh, this is freeing because uh, uh, too many times, too many people, what they try to do is they try to be the Messiah. They try to act like, well, I'm the Savior and I, I, can, um, I sit on the throne of my life. Well, what happens is that when we sit on the throne of our own lives, it just gets out of control because we cannot uh, control everything going on. There's only one who who does and one who can, and that's that's Jesus. Um, so we talked about like uh, being that there's only one Messiah. Uh, get your butt cheek. You know, we try to squeeze our butt cheek on the throne and, and try to be a, a co-Messiah with him. Let him sit on the throne. You, you get your butt down where you need to be, uh, and. And uh, I, I guarantee, I know for me that um, things go a whole lot better when you let Jesus take care of uh, of things. Um, and, and understand this as a, you know, as a cautionary note. That doesn't mean that we are uh, just you know throw our hands up in the air and say, "Well, okay, God's got this." No, we're still to to do things in which He has He has gifted us and, and given us the the responsibility to do. So don't use this as the uh, the spiritual laziness and uh, not do anything, but uh, persevere in what it is that God has given you. And then the third thing that we talked about uh, as far as the certainties is that uh, you know your purpose to prepare the way. John the Baptist came and he prepared the way for Christ, the, the, the first coming. Um, well, we're to prepare the way for his second coming. And, 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 and in preparing the way, I, I think too many times, too many people, they, they, get, um, they, they, get, they get focused on what they're not doing and well, what does God expect from me and everything. Well, I, I made the statement that uh, um, I think it rings true, that God expects no more of you than that you do what he has appointed you to do. So here's, here's the way in which we, we can look at this. John the Baptist was appointed to come to prepare the way for the Lord. He came, he was rough looking, he might have smelled bad, I don't know. Um, he ate bugs, he had uh, you know, animal skins for um, clothes. Lived out in in, in the wilderness, um, so it, it says that his his message wasn't the, the the most loving. He wasn't the most compassionate. So he was uh, purpose to to do a certain job. He wasn't probably the guy that you're going to hire to uh, be the the preschool director and take care of little kids um, because that's not what he was purpose to do. And I, I get that maybe that's a bad illustration, but I think your minds can start to, to understand that under understand for yourself that God has purposed you for a reason. Uh, he uh, has purposed you purposed you to do what He wants you to do, and He's not going to expect you to do something that He hasn't appointed you to to do. So, um, and I guess that there's some ambiguity in that where people can say, "Well, I don't know what God has appointed me to do." Well, one thing, which among many others, one thing that is general among all believers is what Matthew 5.16 says. You know, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
So, I mean, if, if nothing else, we understand, okay, I, I want, what am I appointed to do? You're appointed to let your light shine. So make sure you're acknowledging God in all your ways so when your light is shining, it's a good light that's shining. Um, so uh, that, that, those are just a, a few things that we talked about on um, Sunday. And like I said, if you missed it, go back, listen to it, and um, I hope that you can, you can glean something from it. Last night at uh, Red Hill, we talked about the first core value of the Red Hill Project and it being saturated by the gospel. That's what the first core value is, saturated by the gospel. Uh, in discussing the importance of, of being saturated by the gospel, we identified the necessity to understand um, exactly what the gospel truly is. Now, for quite some time, many of you have, have heard my, my simple definition of the gospel uh, that I use to keep you know, focus amidst this huge implication of it, because the gospel does have a huge implication. But my simple definition is uh, the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity. And, and as I explained last night, uh, you, you've heard me say that, but you've also heard me say the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. And uh, I, I shared last night that that's kind of my thought in my mind of like the Old Testament versus the New Testament. Same redemption, same plan, same good news, same sinful humanity. For, for our understanding, let's just stick with the good news of God's redemption for sinful humanity. Now, in this definition, you know, a deeper understanding can be attained by breaking each part of it down um, into doctrinal statements, but the simplicity of the gospel, uh, it must not be, we cannot overcomplicate it. It's not complicated. Um, I, I once heard a preacher explain the gospel in four words. He said, uh, God, man, Christ, response. So those four words in his explanation, we can see um, the simplicity of the gospel to be received, uh, but we can also see the depth of the gospel to be understood. Um, having such you know, a great depth in it, uh, the, the gospel, or a great depth to it, the gospel is limitless in its effect and impact in a world that's uh, corrupted by sin. Now, as we scratched the surface uh, last night at Red Hill, in regards to, to the gospel and understanding that, you know, that's our core value, one of the, the first of the core values saturated by the gospel, um, a couple major factors of the impact of the gospel uh, manifested itself through, through my words last night and in, in the hearts of, of those present. And uh, two of the, these, these major factors um, of the implications of the gospel that we, we identified. Um, and the first one uh, of these is, you know, the first one of the, these truths that I communicated was that the gospel is not just something to get uh, non-Christians into heaven. Uh, too often what happens is when, when Christians hear the word gospel, uh, they default to a thinking that, well, uh, my non-Christian friend needs to hear about this. Well, he, here's the deal. Are, are they correct in that thinking? Yes, but, 
You know, it's always that yes, but. So yes, but. He, he, the problem is um, with this thinking or with that thinking that they have is that they don't understand that the gospel is not just something that is heard and um, then set aside after conversion. Like when you hear it, uh, you get into heaven, and then we're going to move on to a deeper thing, something, uh, uh, move into more deeper theological understandings. Uh, no, that's not, that's not it. Uh, the depth of the gospel, we have to understand that it can never be exhausted this side of heaven. Uh, the gospel should be the focus of all, I mean, and I say all theological study. No matter what it is you're studying theologically, we, we cannot move past the gospel. Because without um, the gospel, uh, the one who is moving, you know, quote unquote, moving into deeper areas, what they'll do is they'll find themselves detached from the purpose and the plan of God. Because uh, the purpose and the plan of God is the gospel. But, uh, you know, enough about that. Uh, um, I could go on, from, on and on and on for days about that. Uh, maybe someday I will. But, uh, you know, the second truth, and it, it's seemingly the most impactful for those who heard this last night, um, although um, the fact of the matter is I, I've, I've preached this for quite some time. It was just maybe heard in a different light or a different um, ear or a different uh, place in, in people's lives, but the, the, the impact that, that it had was it just, just awesome. But this truth is um, that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. So preach the gospel to yourself. Um, too many times, too many people, uh, you know, they feel the need to share the gospel with someone in their life when that someone is going through tough times or going through tragedies or, you know, something like that, um, which is awesome. Uh, we should share the gospel in that because um, that's the, the hope in which we have. But what happens is when, when uh, they, they have those moments, but they forget to, to share that same gospel to themselves when they're in uh, similar situations. Um, we must remember that the same gospel of hope that we share with our friends is the same gospel of hope that uh, we need. So the one you're sharing with your friends is the same gospel that you need. Um, the gospel doesn't stop at conversion. Um, the gospel continues on for eternity. Uh, it, that is a, a beautiful, beautiful thing in and of itself. Um, the, the words of the Apostle Paul, they, they need to uh, ring out in your heart, in your head, and in, in your soul. Um, like we talked last night, that the gospel, it's, it's bearing fruit and increasing. So for something to bear fruit and increase, it must be alive. We have to understand that the gospel is alive. So... Uh, the question that was was posed to me in all of this, you know, talking about the gospel understanding and preaching it to yourself um, is, is a legit question. It was, okay, how do I do that? All right. Well, I think there's multiple ways in which you can do this. But um, I, I have this simple prayer that I came across a, a few years ago uh, from a, 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 a trusted uh, pastor, um, and uh, I, I use this, and what I do with this 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 prayer, um, I, I like to break it down into four parts. But you know, you could do it however you want to do it. Uh, but here are, 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 are um, the the four major parts. And here's the deal: however you do it, all I ask is that you pray this honestly and you pray it often, because this will help guide you. Um, so the, it's uh, it's just titled the Gospel Prayer. Um, the Gospel Prayer is this: in Christ. There is nothing I can do that would make you love me more and nothing I have done that makes you love me less. Your presence and approval are all I need for everlasting joy. 
As you have been to me, so I will be to others. As I pray, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. So you can see how there's like four different parts there, and I like to pray through um, all four of, the, of those parts. And also what I like to do is I just like to, to make those gospel truths. I, I preached uh, um, well over you know a couple years ago now when we went through the, the gospel of Mark. We started out, and I gave these uh, four things as gospel truths for living. So um, I, I stand by these. I, I use these. I, I pray these. I, I meditate upon these, uh, and it helps me preach the gospel to myself. Well, I hope everybody has a, uh, a good week from here on out. Um, I hope to see you on Sunday, and um, be blessed.